0: We are at the start of December, a month where we are buying gifts and thinking about the next year. That's why I'm bringing this episode back, especially si no estás ahorrando como quieres. Today we are hopping over to Honduras to talk with Ellie Caffey, so stay tuned as she's got a fantastic story coming right up. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's dose of money confidence. Hola, hola, this is Jen Hempel. How is it going? Today I've got another guest for you and we are going to virtually travel to Honduras and meet Allie Caffey. I'm going to share with you a little bit about her. She is a financial consultant who empowers work-at-home moms to transfer their personal finances and live a quiet and happy life. Currently, she works with clients one-on-one, facilitates workshops, talks, and conferences to Honduran companies. Ali is a TEDx speaker and a graduate of Babson College. In today's episode, you're going to learn how her interests and personal finance evolved over time as well as why the financial culture is dormant in Honduras and what she's doing about it, and how her dad's diagnosis of cancer shaped her money story. ¿Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Ali. I'm so excited to have you here. And you're coming from Honduras.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. So excited to be here with Jen, uh, a great friend that we met at FinCon uh, all the way here from Honduras. So yeah, yes. excited. thank you yeah. very much for the invitation.
0: Oh, you are most welcome. I, I'm definitely thrilled to have you here. And and really to have gotten to know you a little bit at FinCon because you're doing some fantastic things in Honduras, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But before we do that, let's talk about your money story. So if you could take us back to your childhood and tell us maybe what are some of your memories in terms of money and finance? Did you hear anything or see anything from your parents, family, maybe some friends, those around you? What, What did
1: you experience? Well, basically, overall, uh, my parents did pretty much talk to us a lot about money. And we would see my dad working really hard, always, every single day working really hard to give us everything that we needed. And my mom taking care of us. I never saw my mom working. She never worked. She was a stay at home mom. So she would take care of us. I I come from a family of five. So she would stay taking care of us and my dad would work all the time and practically he would always tell how hard he worked to gain all the money so he could raise us and give us the best education possible but one thing that he never did was help us out with the culture of saving like this is one thing that now that I am older and at my 35, I started making my own savings. I even I I never remember having a savings account. I never even remember going to college because I went to college in Boston and never ever remembered opening a savings account. And now when I want to at this age, when I now I'm trying and I've had really good habits managing my money over the time, but I this is what I kind of regret. And I tell my mother all the time, you never showed us how. Uh, the habit, the importance of the habit of saving. But, and she tells me now, well, your dad did save and, she, and and he did save a lot. And that's how he was able to make all the investments and grow his business. And but I really think that it was truly important that us as parents show our kids how they can start saving at a young age.
0: Oh, absolutely. So it wasn't talked about directly in, in terms of How to save or how to manage your money, but money was talked about in the sense of you have to work to make money to survive or to thrive, right? So that's, that's what I'm getting at. Now you live in Honduras and, and I'm curious to know, and I'm think I know the answer, but hey, (laughs) you never know. (laughs) I don't know everything. And I'm curious in terms, is Honduras like the US where money isn't taught at school? Is as a whole in the culture of the Hondureños, is money even talked about?
1: Well, yes, we do talk about it. But one thing that I have been struggling since I came out with Ali Cafi, Consejera Financiera, and with all this new project I started a year ago, is I've been going to schools and especially like the American school that where my children are, I've been telling them we need to talk about money. This has to be a life skill that we need to teach our kids. They need to learn the basic things about money, how to budget, you know, how to get uh, a credit, how to build up your credit, how to start making your own savings when you even want to have a préstamo um that would be a credit? Yeah. A loan. A loan, a loan. Yeah. So, all these things we never get teached at on school. And it's still completely the same thing. I even tell them even how to balance your checkings or your savings or a good habits. They don't know anything about it because I've done college conferences to students that are about to leave to college to the United States, and I even have to make them their own monthly budget or even to ex- explain to them how much going to college is gonna cost to their parents. So yes, I'm like not disappointed, but I'm struggling with telling the schools that we it's a life skill that they need to start teaching kids.
0: And currently in Honduras are besides you working your butt off to try to get that message out of how important it is. Are there any initiatives, whether within the government or within schools to change this?
1: Well, for now, there is somebody working on the side. His name is called Julio Pineda, the Cero Finanzas. And he's giving also a lot of financial education because I usually say that the financial culture in Honduras is like dormant, like sleeping. And we need, like in the past year, I believe that I'm like waking this up, you know, because people have they have no interest whatsoever in financial education. No interest at all. No interest in savings. It's all about consuming and it's taking their finances, their personal finance to another level, which is like having so many loans, spending more on what they are earning. And the educa- financial education in Honduras is really poor.
0: Really. And I'm sure that will change because you've got yes. at least
1: you. <laughs> yes, it's me and there's the set of finances, which he was at FinCon as well. And uh-huh. we're working really hard to waking up Tell them to waking up and working on all the Hondureños on start having a really good financial education and knowing that money is a really important tool in our lives. Right, right. And so
0: you've been doing this for about a year. You said you're a consejera financiera. You've you've accomplished a lot in a year. You've been speaking on pe- television. You most recently did a TED talk as well. So that was in this past year. So what? And prior to that, you were doing other things. So what changed? So you had another career, or I think a few different career changes, right? Or so what changed? What made you decide, okay, I'm not going to work here anymore. I think financial literacy is important. We need it. It's dormant here in Honduras. What made you change and start to do this?
1: Well, yeah, I've been married for 15 years. I live in Tegucigalpa and I have four kids, three daughters and a son. And since I, I got married, I've been working my whole time with my husband's business, which and I was like the marketing manager in the business and I graduated also from finance. So I was included in all the part of the purchases and the orderings and the buying department and uh, as well as the marketing department. So I did that pretty much for like five years. And then when I had my first daughter, I took care of her and then went back to work with him. But then uh, two years later, I got pregnant with twins. So practically I had like three babies and my husband and I decided that it was time for me to be a stay-at-home mom and take care of my, our three daughters. And then seven years later, we decided to have another baby. And now Luisito, he's number four, came in. But all these years, I am very active. I love finance. I love numbers. And I've been managing all this time with like an entrepreneur or a businesswoman, my house. And I do all my, the personal finances in our marriage. I am the one who takes care of air, like 90% of the financial decisions with our home. And then my husband, the other 10%, we could say, but all the personal finances in the house, all the expenses that we incur, it's basically me. Okay. And he's working every single day. So part of that, having my own budget, since I had all this financial background in the past and and working experience, I decided that I was going to make it as much as professional my work here at home. And I decided to do my budget. I decided to track my expenses, do it as more professionalized as possible. So and that's how I started. And then I, I did this with my kids for like seven years. And then all my friends would tell me, oh, you manage everything so well, so organized. Why don't you teach us on how you do it and give us some lessons or something? And then I'm like, okay. And I help on, I do help on the side to this patronato uh, as part of my social, that I do like on the social part that I give. And they decided that to raise funds that we needed to do an activity. And I offered myself to do the first financial education to all the mothers out there in their house to teach them like I wanted a niche and my niche was especially all moms, stay at home moms or moms that manage their own money and do budgets or our housewives. I wanted to get that niche here and nobody was doing anything financially uh, education whatsoever. So this is how I started. I gave out my first charla or talk and it was a complete huge success. We had 80, uh, 80 women. 80 women and two of the local banks here. I reached them out to see if they could offer and help us out. Como patrocinar, we would say mm-hmm. that. Um, the sponsor. Sponsor. Sponsor mm-hmm. out the, the, our first talk. And they did. So we raised for like around $3,000 on that first talk here in Honduras. If you put it in Lempiras, it's like really a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, um, I started out with my own social media doing like all that I was doing, putting everything like my talks, t- small talks here, big talks here. And I started getting all these, how would you say like
0: opportunities or-
1: opportunities. People started calling me. We want you to talk here in TV. We want you to come to the radio. And, and then I saw that there was this big opportunity. And at that time, three days later, I realized there was a FinCon going on that talked about personal finance. But it was three days later and I knew I wasn't going to be able to go because I was a mother of four, a stay at home mom right now. And it was like the idea of this coming in, but I did want to learn more. So I decided to go online and I bought the online package. And I started having all these conferences online and got so excited that I remember my first keynote that I, I don't remember who it was saying, if there is an opportunity, You need to embrace it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is my calling. This is it. I love this. Nobody's doing this. This is an opportunity and I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to officialize it. And I'm going to start working by the end of this year because it was like October last year. So October, November, December, I still started like working on all what they would call me or what to do. But in January of 2019, this is when Ali Cafe Consejera Financiera was launched as with brand officially. And since then, you have no idea how much, now I even cannot believe a year later how much I have accomplished. And I want to tell you and share with everybody that right now in three weeks, we're having a huge conference called Despierta Tu Inteligencia Financiera with Maurice Diek. He's a Mexican. He's the huge and biggest influencer in Mexico. And I'm Ali Kafi. I'm bringing him over to Honduras. So he and I could give like this huge conference talk about how we need to wake up and make better financial decisions about money and our personal finances.
0: That is just so amazing. It's amazing how much you know, can accomplish in such a short time. So it wasn't like that you woke up all of a sudden and, and you decided you've, you've loved finances. Uh, for a while, you helped in your husband's business. So it was just something that you decided to over time that you felt it was your calling. So was there anything in, in your childhood, I know you mentioned that your dad really, when he talked about money, it was more about how you had to work to make the money. But do you have any memories of anything in terms of they never talk about money? Or I don't know, is allowance a thing? Uh, was allowance a thing? Or any of that type of memory?
1: Uh, well, yes. Several things that did impact my life was when I went to college, my dad did give us a budget. He did give us an allowance and we did completely understand. I think that most of my like, actual managing money was not even in high school. It was in, in college when I did manage my own money. And something that my dad gave us, like told us that it was very clear is that what he gave us, that is what we had. He was not going to give us more, that we needed to learn how to manage our own money and the money would come monthly and that we needed to start managing our money really well. But one thing that I will never, ever forget is that I would never balance my checkbook. And suddenly when we went to an apartment, my sister is like, okay, now we need to split all the bills, the service bills. And I'm like, what? Wait, hold on. And I'm like, and she's like, yeah, come on. We need to go half and half and you need to give me a hundred bucks for this. Fifty bucks for this, and I'm like, wait, and, and she's like, wait, what? I don't know how much money I have, and she's like, <laughs> I can't believe. And online banking was coming out by that time, and we went to my online banking. She taught me how to balance my checkbook at that time, and since that day, I do it every single day. And also, one thing really important is she called my dad. And she made a huge deal over this and that he had to send them. Before we
0: jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal. I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you.
1: Money so we could pay the bills because I didn't have any money. And that was a pivot in my life mm-hmm. because I felt really ashamed that it was a really bad experience that I made him transfer money that. You know, and that was the only time when I did not have money and had to make my dad transfer some money out. And another experience was really important in my life was two years later that I, when I started college, my dad was diagnosed with a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma Mm. with cancer and our lives completely changed. And one thing that my mom did tell us is that you cannot compare to anybody. Your life has changed. All of our focus, all of our money, all of our attention is going to your dad. So I need you to graduate as soon as possible, manage well your money, because we need somebody back home managing the family business. So I was the second, my older uh, sister, she was graduating at that time, and she had to assist my dad and my mom with all the medical issues going on and, and, and taking care of my dad. So that was one thing that did impact me and all our money habits did have to change because the person who provided you with all the money or with that you could have one day to another, he was very sick. And unfortunately, two years later, after, well, battling with that sickness disease, he passed away. So many Things in our life and the business and how everything was getting managed and how money was coming in into our family, it very quickly changed. And so I had to go back, take care of the family business, not having any of my family, like direct family members, not having my dad or my mom or my sister. And my brothers are, were young. And I even then, I had to pay my, the college for my brothers. And so those decisions and those type of situations in your life, when you have to confront them, it clearly changes the way how you feel and and have to take care about money because the situation you were in is very different from the day was before.
0: Oh, absolutely. So basically, you went to college and what were you studying in college?
1: Entrepreneurship and finance, with especially in marketing.
0: Yes. All right. So you were studying that and you probably weren't, you probably had other things in mind. Of course, when this happened with your dad, everything changed. So what were you thinking prior to the diagnosis? What were you thinking of what you were going to do after you graduated?
1: Well, my dad always told us that he was working really hard and building up and creating these new businesses because he was doing all this for the family. And he did want us, to give us the opportunity to go to the united states to college but then he would want us to come back and help him out and grow the family business so i did always have that financial like future going on in my life and working and being an entrepreneur and working out with my family but never i would have expected that 20 years later i would be teaching personal finances or also doing my own like business you know because this ali Kafi is a personal business that i have and it and i see it as a business and how i'm selling the brand and what i'm selling and making money out of it so i would never have imagined that even having four kids i would have the time to make my own business
0: Before we continue, I have a quick message for you. the Neto Matters is brought to you by First Republic Bank. The world is changing and your needs are evolving. As your focus turns to what matters most to you and your community, First Republic remains committed to offering personalized financial solutions that fit your needs. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll be there to listen to you, understand your values, and meet you on your financial journey. Your banker can offer solutions that support your goals at any stage, from setting up a personal checking account to refinancing household debt to buying a first home. As your needs evolve, you can call or email your banker at any time for the support you need because First Republic believes what matters to you matters most. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member of FDIC, equal housing lender. So you work hard to change people's financial lives. What up, up to this point, I know it's been a little, maybe a little over a year or approximately a year. What has been your favorite win from the work that you have put up up to this point?
1: One of my favorite wins has been showing people how to budget Mm -hmm. and giving them a budgeting tool in my website so that they can download it and learn how to budget. Because people like have gone out from formal education, they've gone to college and they're here back and working and they're married and working in a business, but they do not have like a budget at home or, or a personal budget. So they, they don't track any type of expense. They just, they don't understand how it works. And now people, it's been crazy over the year because for a week we were making some changes in my website and they were like, where is the budgeting tool? Like how to download it. We cannot see it. We cannot see it. So it's a big thing that now people are interested in knowing how to budget and that this is one of the most important tools in personal finance and that the budget does not limit you, it tells you where, like, it opens you up and tells you where you need to put your money on.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's, what, it's a, probably one of the most, it's one of the foundational things of managing your money. Yeah, it's one of the ones that people fear the most because that's where the you truth comes out,
1: right? And I think that's why people have never used this budgeting tool whatsoever because I think they're even afraid to look at numbers. And in my one-on-ones that I have with my clients, they're like, oh, I think that I spent this and gained this. But when we actually do it and, and take it step by step, they're like, oh, now I see that I spent this instead of this. And I thought it was this. And so it tells you the reality instead of what they're really thinking it is, you know. So and part of is organization, part of it's the culture. I, I also think that uh, the, the financial culture here is very, very poor. Gotcha. So, yeah. And
0: then with the budget, it's also, I we we talked about the fear, but with no, I always tell people and you listening <laughs> that it's about knowing what it exactly is. It doesn't matter if it's disappointing or it, it may be a surprise. Maybe you're not spending like you think you are, but the only way to get better and the way, only way to improve is knowing what that number is. Right. right. And that's the only way.
1: Well, yeah, it, it, there's fear and disappointment. But it's really impressive to see how people here in, in our country, for example, they even start to acquire loans, loan one, loan two, loan three, and they n- don't have a budget or a budgeting tool that helps them out. And I'm like, how could you acquire this loan if you, the capacity of payment, you, it, there is no relation between the loan you're getting and the capacidad de pago, which is the capacity you have to pay these loans if you do not know even, I don't know how we call it in English, the level of endeudamiento, how they they don't even know a level of endeudamiento. and all this you can get it through a, a budget, you know. Right,
0: the level of debt, El nivel the level de endeudamiento. Debt. yeah.
1: Is the level of debt, yeah.
0: Absolutely. So now we're going to wrap it up with what I call the chisme express. Nosotras okay. las latinas, nos yes. chismosear, <laughs> oh, uh, but it's in a positive and fun light, a lighthearted way. So. We're going to learn five random facts about you. So I'm going okay. to give you some quick questions and I just want some quick answers. One thing that not many people know about Honduras.
1: They do not know about Honduras that we have the Bay Islands, Roatan Guanaja. they are just wonderful. You have to come visit Roatan. It has the second best coral reef in the world. Love it. And what is
0: a pet peeve of yours?
1: here and and I was saying it two days ago that what it really bothers me here in Honduras is that like I am the type of person that I'm used to when you tell me a date uh, I'm really organized it and I comply it to what I said that I was going to do it and I'm very organized and here in Honduras I love to work but you know half of my work is being on the back of people's jobs because you have to tell them (laughs) Like, oh, did you do this? Did you do this to me? What time? What time are you going to send it? So half of my day literally is working behind people's back and telling yeah. them like every babysitting. Oh. Yes.
0: <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yes.
1: So that no, is one thing that it's driving me crazy here. I
0: hear you. The best place you have traveled to.
1: Oh my God. That's quite well. Right now I'm completely in love with the North of Spain. Love, love the north of Spain. is just wonderful. Uh, we went to the, all the wine countries and we just ate so good, so good. The food is fantastic and the views and the, the little pueblos are beautiful. Awesome.
0: How about a hobby? What's one of your hobbies?
1: Oh my God, hobbies. Right now it's been quite very hard to have a hobby. I've been letting them like quite on the side. But I really, really enjoy spending time with my family for now and traveling with my family. And that is one thing that in this past year, I've recognized that one thing that I really love to spend money on is traveling. I hear you. I hear you. Yep. So
0: what is a one money weakness you have? Meaning if you go to the store, you are you know you're on a budget, you go to the store, whether a grocery store or A store at the mall, but you walk by something and you're like, "I'm gonna get this." So, what is that one money weakness that you have? Oh my god,
1: love to buy. In the past, now that I'm social media, that it's affecting me. It's makeup. Okay, crazy, crazy with (laughs) makeup because I obviously I put all my creams and you know I try to like put all my makeup on and I want invest in that. So, pretty much it's makeup. But one of the things that I do love is clothes as well and that is one thing that i try not to go to the mall because i know if that's not in my budget i do not (laughs) want to go in a clothing department store because i know that i'm going to be tempted to spend it on love it
0: no i hear you we all have those weaknesses (laughs) i think our latinas
1: are the latinas you know part of us is our image Mm -hmm. i believe and we all want to look good you know and so part of that image is trying to spend on that but now i've Swift that into traveling because I know traveling makes me
0: happy. (laughs) Love it. Well, this has been fantastic, Ali. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. You are inspiring. Keep doing all the work that you're doing in Honduras. Uh, Keep keep pressing because you're making a huge difference, even in the times that where you're like, what is is something happening? Uh, But uh, you are definitely making a difference in people's life in Honduras. So I applaud you.
1: Thank you very much. The most important, one of the most important things for me right now is not only seeing it as money, but is giving myself to other people. And right now that is what is filling my, my jar the most, helping other people and giving all my knowledge to other people and teaching everything I know is priceless. So thank you very much, Jen. It's been a pleasure to have met you at PinCon. a pleasure to having me here at her Dinero Matters. Just the name is wonderful and catchy. And <laughs> congratulations for all that you've done too, oh, as well, well. thank you. Because you're an inspiration to all oh, of us. And I'm looking forward for next year to having my own podcast. Yay! Well, let me know if you need help.
0: So what did you think about Allie? I always think it's really nice to connect with other women even across the world, she's in Honduras. Well, not necessarily across the world, but not uh, in the U.S. And how, and just learn from her perspective and what she's doing out there, which I think is fantastic. Let's recap real quick what we talked about today. We talked about how her interest of personal finance evolved over time, as well as what she's doing in Honduras to really wake people up and take interest in their financial lives and how her dad's diagnosis of cancer shaped what she did and the responsibilities that she took on, which I thought was really interesting. In continuing the conversation on the importance of belief, how do you feel belief showed up in Allie's life? For me, from what I heard her talk about, it showed up in the responsibility that she took on in moving her dad's business forward after his passing. I thought, that's what I saw. I'm curious what your thoughts are. To connect with Ali, you can connect with her on Instagram with Allie Kaffee, A-L-I-K-A-F-I-E. And I have the little link for you in today's show notes. This week's reign of the week is Nicole. She shared that she's 90% through in paying her student loans, which is fantastic. I know how much of a pain point, how much of just how heavy burden that student loans have on us. I know it did for my husband when we were working on paying off his student loans. So, to know that Nicole is 90% the way through and paying that off is just fantastic. Now we are more than halfway through the month in the new year. And I'm curious, what has gone on with your financial belief this month? What have you done to strengthen it? For me, it has been a roller coaster, but I am pushing through. As you know, I've been focusing on really strengthening the belief for this podcast event that I want to bring to you. To strengthen it, I have been talking to others who have put on events for mentorships, for encouragement, as well as I've been taking action and risks with faith and confidence. I have already signed a contract with an event planner. I've been doing things like that, that normally I would take a little longer to do, but I'm moving forward. If you are wanting to keep in the loop you about this podcast event, you can go to jenhemphill.com forward slash live event. Next week on the podcast, we are going to be meeting this month's Reina panel where we'll be discussing belief, surprise, (laughs) and how that lack of belief has shown up in our financial lives and what they are doing or what have that they have done to strengthen it that is it. Eso es todo. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in to today's show. You can check out today's show notes at jenhemphill.com forward slash 202. I cannot believe I'm saying 202. That is so crazy. Now remember this. You can be the reign of your money starting now. You don't have to wait until tomorrow. The choice is in your hands and I believe in you. So you need to believe in yourself. You've got this. Tú puedes. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I will talk to you next Thursday. Ciao. I love it. You are still here. Chances are you are loving the podcast. So I've got a really cool option for you. Join us on the Himalaya app where you can not only subscribe, but join the Cafecito Lounge. In the Cafecito Lounge, I help you take your weekly experience on the podcast a level deeper by providing you a space to chat, ask questions, take action, and go deeper on your own financial journey for only $7.99 a month. For more details, go to Himalaya.com forward slash dinero, that's with a capital D, and I will see you in the Cafecito Lounge, only available on Himalaya.